I, I want to share something just briefly with you tonight because I want to encourage you in the Lord in some areas that, you know, God's, God's wanting to do something big in our lives. God, God, does, God doesn't want you to leave here empty-handed. Amen? I'm not talking about leaving the service empty. I'm talking about leaving this earth empty-handed. God's got so much to do, and He's got a whole lot more to do for all of us. He's not done yet. He's still working on us. <laughs> He's still using us for the glory of the Lord. And uh, we're, I, I found out a long time ago, you're not too young and you're not too old for God to use you. God can use a little kid. I've seen little kids get full of the Holy Ghost, and God used them to minister even to the adults by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as they, as they do that, I mean, you could feel it and know it was by revelation of the Holy Ghost, and God was doing it. Then on the same token, I've seen older folks, they do the same thing with all the other younger folks. And God uses us. Listen, you know why the Holy Ghost doesn't age? Your spirit man doesn't age. Somebody said, wait a minute, I don't feel like if my spirit's not catching up, my, my body's not catching up with my spirit or something, you know. <laughs> but no, your spirit man doesn't age. It really doesn't. Your spirit man is eternal. It's forever. And so, and so, you know, God, He, he just, He wants to just reinvigorate us and, and, uh, Revive us and uh, give us a little push. I, I've heard I had somebody tell me one time. They said, "Well, brother Clarence, uh, you're preaching all this stuff about what we can do and what we can't. You know what we can do for the Lord and all this." They said, "I am just so tired. I am just so exhausted spiritually. You know." And and I said, "Well, listen, just take it out of park and put it in neutral, and somebody can come along and give you a little bump and get you going again." Hallelujah. Amen? And that's exactly what we need to do as believers. Listen, I know, we all can get tired and exhausted in the spirit realm. I mean, in our spirit. You know why? It's not our spirit that's really exhausted. It's our mind that's exhausted. Our mind is trying to figure all this out. Our mind is trying to determine what's good and what's bad, you know. It's our mind. It's your spirit man does not age. It doesn't get exhausted. Your spirit man doesn't get exhausted. Somebody said, wait a minute now. Uh-uh. My spirit man gets exhausted. No. Your mind gets exhausted. And you know, some, the flesh can dictate to the spirit. When it should be the other way around, the spirit should be dictating to the flesh. The spirit should be dictating to you. You've got energy, boy. <laughs> Brother Hash, you still can jump high. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, God's wanting to do something in our lives. I was reading this verse of Scripture, and it's very familiar. It's 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and them, and without fail, recover all. Now, the story here is at Ziglag, of course. David and his army and his men have went out to battle, and they went out doing their thing that they have to do. 
And when the, while they're gone, the enemy comes in and attacks the camp. And there's no men there to defend it. And so they take all the women and the children captive. And they take everything else and ravage the camp. And when they all come back, David and the men come back, they see the situation. And the men get upset. And listen, how many knows when something goes wrong, you got to blame somebody? That's just the way it is. Now, Pat, don't do this to me. Carol, my wife, <laughs> that went on to be with the Lord, <laughs> she'd drop something in the kitchen, you know, and she'd say, Clem Richard! I said, I didn't do that. I'm way over here. <laughs> but how many knows you've got to blame somebody? If you're failing in life, it's somebody else's fault. That you, you talk to some of these kids out there today, they're going to blame somebody while they're in the situation they're in. Amen. Their parents were bad to them, and that may, be, that may be true, and it may have influenced a lot of things in their life. But the thing is, that doesn't matter. God's power is able to lift that spirit up to a place to where they can rejoice in the things of the Lord. Amen? And behold. But we want to blame somebody. God blames somebody, don't we? I mean, if our car goes wrong, we blame the dealership, right? I mean, if those tires go flat when they shouldn't, they, we blame, even though you, wrote, you drove over a bunch of glass and all that, and you, you, we're going to blame the tire company. I mean, we're going to find somebody to blame for what it is. Well, David's men decided, hey, David, it's your fault. You're the leader. You're the boss. And so, therefore, this is all your fault. They even talked about killing him. They talked about stoning him. They talked about getting rid of him because they were literally blaming him for the problems that they were having in their life. But look what David did. He inquired of the Lord. I want to tell you something. When all else fails, pray. When you've done everything you know to do, you can pray. Amen? You can pray, you can believe God, and you can get a hold of God. God will instruct you in your time of crisis. God has divine instructions for every one of us, and if we can get to a position to where we can hear Him, God will lead you out of the situation, and God will bring you into victory. But look what the Lord answered him. Pursue them, you'll surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. See, God created a perfect earth in the very beginning. When God said, huh, I'm going to make something good, and He created the earth, and all the living vegetables and vegetation that was in this earth, God created all of that. And then, He created animals. Then, He took some special time in creating man, and He took the dust of the earth and formed it and made a body and then he breathed the eternal life into them. And I said eternal life because when they were put in this earth, they were not put here to get old and die. They were put here to live forever. Did you know that? They were put in this earth to live forever, Adam and Eve were. And they were put here to take care of the earth. And they were, they were here to multiply. Now, 
We don't know for sure how many children they had. We don't know for all of this, you know, that all the things that happened. But we do know they had two boys, Cain and Abel, because there was a, a story about them in the Bible. But even after that. But what happened is God created this earth for himself. Man and woman placed in the earth. Everything was perfect. The Bible said in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created it. It didn't happen with a big bang. God spoke. His word is more powerful than a big bang. When God speaks, who was, was that old commercial? That when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. Well, I'll tell you what, when God speaks, every demon power in hell knows He's spoken. Amen. And in the beginning. And God saw everything that He had made in Genesis 1.31. And behold, it was very good. In the evening and in the morning were the sixth day. Man and woman was perfect, made in the very image of God. They were made in His image. The devil didn't like this. Lucifer didn't like this. See, Lucifer, he was part of the, uh, of the, uh, of the big picture in heaven itself. And when he rebelled against God because of pride, pride lifted up his heart, and he decided to try to dethrone God. And when he tried to dethrone God, God just put him out. And put out all one-third of the angels that went with him. See, I want to tell you something. Heaven's a perfect place. But even in their spirit, they allowed pride Pride is the cardinal sin of every sin that's out there. Pride. Because he said, I will exalt myself. I will dethrone God. I will do this. I'll put him out. I'll be in charge. People about all the angels will bow down to me. He had one third of them hoodwinked. And they went with him. And they were all cast out. Except two thirds of the angels that stayed with the Lord. Now, the earth was perfect. The earth was not created for the devil. It was created for man. It was created for God's creation. And the devil had no legal entry into this earth. He had no legal way to get into this earth. No legal way whatsoever. But what he did was just the way he did with one-third of the angels. He convinced those angels, hey... We can overthrow God. And he come into the garden where Adam and Eve were, and he tried to influence them and tell them that God was lying to them. They said, oh no, God said, if we eat of that tree, we'll die. He said, oh no, you won't die. You're going to have, you'll know everything God knows. That's what you're going to know. And it was the tree of knowledge and it was the tree of knowledge. And, and so they, they would know everything. But the thing is, pride. See, the very thing that caused him to fall was the very thing he was moving up on Adam and Eve with to puff them up in pride. See, no, you'll be just like God. See, he had no legal entry here, but when they succumbed to his temptation and they yielded to that, and they begin to think, well, hey... It wouldn't hurt for us to be like God and think like God and act like God and be like God and be God ourselves. Eve. Adam. Now, we can blame Eve, but we've got to blame Adam, too, because Adam was, should have taken his and put his foot down. Amen? But he didn't. 
That same temptation got in his mind. Well, we can do this. Well, yeah, we could do that. Well, we'd be as good as God. <laughs> well, they were. They were created in the very image of God. They had the mind of God. He named all the animals in this earth, every insect, every bug, every bird, every, everything that was out there, every living creature. He named that. How many knows that takes a great mind to be able to do that? That was the mind of God that was in him. But when they fell, they fell. And they gave entry for the devil to come into this earth. And that's why the earth is in such havoc right now. This earth doesn't belong to the devil. It still belongs to God. Amen. And what he's doing, he's causing people to believe lies and with pride in their life and thinking that they can do this and do that and do this and do that. And, they'll, you know, God's not going to hurt them. God's not, God's not going to hurt anybody. God doesn't want to hurt anybody. God doesn't want to kill anybody. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't tolerate evil either. God will not tolerate sin. Judgment will come. Judgment will happen. It's a sure thing. If you believe anything in the Bible, you've got to believe that. Judgment is sure. And it's going to be swift. God's going to do what He said He would do. But you know what? He's gracious. And He's full of grace and love. And He wants to give everybody an opportunity to accept Him and to, and to repent and to come back into the graces of God and let His blessings flow in their life again. That's what God wants to do. But not everybody's listening. Not everybody's yielding. One day... There will be havoc in this earth like we've never seen. We're seeing the prelude of it now, you know. But it's going to be worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But you see, the thing is, victory's ours in Jesus' name. But the devil stole the earth. He stole the earth. Adam gave it over to him. That's why the trouble is in this earth the way it is. I'm talking about from the very beginning of time with Cain and Abel. Cain did not obey God. Cain did it his way. And he was going to do everything his way. God told him what to do about his sacrifice. See, the, the covenant sacrifice was created by God when Adam and Eve failed and they were hiding in the garden and God slew an animal, took the skins and covered them and they had a, an offering, a sacrifice. That's where the blood sacrifice began, right there in the Garden of Eden. And when God told Adam, I mean, told uh, Cain and Abel to, to do their offerings, God told them what to do. But you see, it wasn't that Abel didn't give. He just didn't give with the right heart. And he didn't give with the right motive. And he didn't do it the right way. God saw that. Cain saw that he had disobeyed God. Cain got mad at Abel because he was favored, and so he took over and just slew him and all of this. All the wickedness in this earth. We're not going to go through the history of the earth because, <laughs> you know, that, that's not going to do us any good. We want to get to the victory part. How many is ready for victory? Now, there's a song that became popular. Did we sing this while ago? I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. Yeah, we did, didn't we? I, I love that song. Became real popular back during the 70s, I believe, is when it came out. And uh, I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp, took back. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. I used to, we used to sing that with little kids. They'd do it. And they, He's under our feet. Boy, they just stomp the devil, you know. 
I think sometimes we need to get a little more animated when we're singing those kind of songs and, and say, He's under my feet. Under, I mean, just visualize stomping the devil's head. Hallelujah. Y'all didn't know I was so crazy, did you? But listen, destruction's the only thing that's in the devil's mind. When they came into the camp, the only thing that was in the enemy's mind was to destroy and to steal and to ravage and to kill. And But David inquired of the Lord and God gave him instructions. And David said, we're going to pursue, we're going to overtake them, and we're going to recover everything because God said it. Hallelujah. Listen, God's wanting us to get into a place where we can recover. The devil's the culprit. I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. The devil is the enemy. He uses people, but God's grace can still get a hold of those people that he uses, and the blood of Jesus can cleanse them and deliver them and set them free. But the devil is the culprit. The thief, the Bible said in John 10.10, does not come except to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John, 1 John 3 and 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil. I want to say that again. Jesus was manifested so that He might destroy the works of the devil. Whatever work is operating in our life that's not letting us have peace and joy... And the things that God has promised us, that's a work of the devil. And the Lord is coming to deliver us. Can you say amen? Look at Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and delivered us into the kingdom or brought us into the kingdom of His Son and whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Victory is ours. The church has the authority. Turn around to that person next to you and say, hey, you're part of the church. (laughs) If you're a born-again believer, you're part of the church. And the church has the authority from God to take back what is rightfully ours. What What did God speak to the serpent Remember when all of that happened in the very beginning and God got a hold of Adam and Eve and covered them with the sacrifice and he got the serpent and he said the seed of the woman, of the seed, the, the heel of the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. That seed was talking about Jesus Christ coming in the flesh to be that one that would come. You know what he had to do? He had to come into the devil's territory. He had to come into Satan's territory. This is what David had to do. He had to go in and follow after the enemy, come into their territory, but he recovered all 
that they had taken. And what Jesus did, He came into the devil's territory because the devil, well, illegally, but yet He legally won control of this earth at that particular moment. But Jesus came to redeem. He came to purchase. He came to deliver. He came to put us in a position to where we should be. He came in to put the devil in his place. Thank God for that. I said, thank God for that. Now, Jesus fulfilled this when he came to earth through Mary. His death, burial, and resurrection. We're not going to go on all that, but his death, burial, and resurrection all work hand in hand together. It was his, it was his birth, his death, and then his burial and the resurrection that fulfilled the redemptive plan of God. We're redeemed. Uh, when you when you when you talk about being redeemed and you say you're redeemed and you sing that song, I'm redeemed by love divine, glory glory, Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign, for I have been I have been redeemed. Now, you know what you're saying? You've been bought. You've been purchased. The blood of Jesus has done it all. Jesus, just like David, had to go into Ziglag. Where the enemy was, and where they had all the women and children captive, and a lot of their stock was there. But he went in, and he went in with authority, and he went in and slew them, and took them captive, and won back everything that he had lost. Jesus had to do the same thing for all of the creation of God. He had to come to this earth, and he came in the form of flesh. He came as a babe, grew up, and became the supreme sacrifice. But during that three and a half years of ministry on earth, there were so many miracles, so many things that Jesus did concerning what the devil had done. Remember the little woman that came and she had the issue of blood? The devil did that to her. Then there was a woman that was stooped over and it was a spirit of infirmity. Jesus delivered her. Blind Bartimaeus came. Jesus touched his eyes and healed him. The dead were raised. There's not, there's not enough paper in the world to record all of the miracles that Jesus did in the three and a half years he was on this earth. Hallelujah. He might have even done miracles when he was a kid. I don't know. I believe it's possible. He was the Son of God. At the age of 12, he was in the, in the courts there, and he sat there, and he read from Isaiah the prophecy concerning him, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to deliver and to set free and to redeem. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. He read it, and then he sat down. You know where he sat? When he sat down, he sat in the rabbi's chair. Twelve years old. He was, he was, he was, he was interpreting scriptures to these men. But when they, when he sat down, and then when he did it again, when he was just getting ready to be crucified, and went into the temple, and he read again from the scrolls, and he sat down right there in that chair again. You know what he was saying? I am He. <laughs> I am He. I'm the one that's come to fulfill and to redeem God's people. They didn't understand it, but He knew what He was saying. When He began to quote the prophets, uh, what the prophets said about Him, and He began to quote those scriptures and just could roll out of His mouth and just encouraging the people of the Lord there. And 
Three and a half years, all he was on the earth. But there's not enough paper in the world that could record all of the miracles that Jesus did. Why? He was busy redeeming what the devil had stolen. I said, Jesus was busy redeeming what the devil had stolen. And there's some of us tonight, the devil's stolen some things from us. We've had things stolen from us. You know, we, 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 it's happened. It's happened. But I want to tell you something. Don't lie down and just throw up your hands and say, okay, devil, roll over me again. Roll over me. No, no, no. No. Jesus is here. And he's wanting us to get a hold of this thing. We can reclaim and take back what the devil's stolen from us. Y'all ought to be running up and down this aisle. Sister Carter is going to run for all of us here in a minute. But Jesus, now look, he used his authority, but Jesus transferred the authority to the church. We've got the same authority Jesus had. Jesus transferred all of that authority that he used as the Messiah, as the one that come to redeem, and he transferred this over to his church. Look at Matthew sixteen, seventeen, nineteen through nineteen. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are to you, Simon Berjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He's talking to Simon Peter there. Who do men say that I am? He said, Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed you are. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What was he doing? He was conveying and he was restoring the authority back to the church. He was giving the authority back to the church. Matthew eighteen nineteen. And again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What's he doing? He's saying, the authority has been transferred back to you. And so you've got the right to gather together, join hands together in agreement, and believe for the supernatural to take place in someone's life. And speak the Word. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. God's given us that authority. It's been transferred to us. Listen. Sometimes we're waiting on some super duper evangelist. But you know what? We've got the best, Jesus Christ, that He has conveyed and transferred His authority to the church. We may not be the mega church, but we've got the same authority that any spirit-filled believer has in this earth. We've got the... Someone asked me one time, they said, why do why so many miracles happen over in Africa and don't happen here in America? I said, because they understand that they can't do anything about it. But they understand that Jesus has transferred authority to them, and they're using that authority, and they're seeing great miracles take place. Here in America, we haven't got a hold of it yet. We just don't see it yet. It's not who I am or who you are. It's who He is that's on the inside of us. 
That's the power. That's the authority. And His Word seals it for us as we speak what He said and what the Word of God declares. And therefore, we're going to see what God will do for us. Amen? Now look what God spoke to Joshua. Remember when the children of Israel came out? And they were coming into the promised land? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, rise and go over this Jordan. That's what God was telling Joshua. You and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Now look at this. Every place. Now remember, the devil took control of the earth. The devil took control of the earth. He was in charge. But look what what the Lord is telling to Moses. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this, of this Lebanon as far to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you, Joshua. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. This book of the law, the Word of God, meditate in it, meditate in it, meditate. I want to tell you something. This is better than any vitamin or any pill you can take. The Word of God is better than any medication. Hallelujah. It is. The Word. No, I'm not telling you to get off your medicine. I understand what I'm saying. I want to be like one lady that was a great prayer warrior and a great help to her husband who was a great evangelist and minister and and she had a, a sickness and disease that she had to take a medication for to keep it under control. And you know what she did, though? She would she'd, she'd get that medicine, and she'd take it, and she said, The devil, in the name of Jesus, Jesus is my healer. I'm only taking this for the symptoms right now. But I'm telling you that I am going to be set free totally. And you know it wasn't but about two or three weeks that God set her free healed her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. No symptoms whatsoever. Because what was she doing? She was taking back what the devil stolen from her. Hallelujah. We've got to get this in our spirit tonight. We've got to get this in our spirit. We can take back what the devil stole from us. He's taking our health. Sometimes he's taking our wealth. (laughs) Sometimes he's done this, done that. But you know what? He can't keep it. I said he can't keep it. He's got to get, he's a thief. And if the thief is caught, he's got to give back what he's stolen. Now look. Only be strong. 
Don't turn to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Now, now you understand what's happening here? The enemy has had control of the land that belonged to Israel. Now, they hadn't got it yet because they had rebelled. They ended up in 400 years of, of captivity in Egypt. And there they were for 400 years. Moses come along, delivered them. And Moses just began to obey God and God used him in a great way and delivered these people. But the word of the Lord was working in his life. But listen, God said, Have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage? Has not God commanded us, let the joy of the Lord be your strength? Has not God commanded you, let the peace of God that passeth all understanding keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus? Isn't that what God's commanded us to do? Hadn't God commanded us, if there's any sick among you, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover? Didn't God command us to do that? If any two of you shall agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done of the Father which is in heaven. God spoke that to us. We Listen, God's give us the means to claim back from the devil what he's taken from us. He's recommissioning the church to get back in the position that it needs to be in as a believer. I'm not interested in being a highfalutin preacher. You know? I just want to be the best for God that I can be. I want to speak the truth. I want to preach the truth. I want to be able to speak what God says to speak. I want, I want to see the devil kicked off of our territory. Amen. <laughs> Amen? I'll tell you what, we had people in our church, the devil was attacking them. We got to preaching along these lines with them, you know. And they, they, got, they said, Brother Clarence, we just got our family together. We just opened the back door and we... Kick the devil out. Hallelujah. And you know what? It worked. <laughs> they had victory. God did miracles. We've got to come to that place. When, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. Somebody wrote a book on that one. I think W.B. Grant did, I think, way back under in the 50s. When you get tired of being sick and tired. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's when God can move. <laughs> we we got to get to that point where we don't want no more of what the devil's got to bring our way. Amen. Don't allow the key, don't allow the enemy to keep what's yours. Don't allow it. Ephesians ten six ten through sixteen. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against things you can feel. and You're wrestling against demonic forces. Demonic powers. But don't, don't let that scare you. Yeah, the devil is a spirit. and He's got demon spirits out there operating and working. But we don't have to be afraid. I don't get in my car and, and, and afraid. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, somebody full of the devil is going to come after me. Oh, what am I going to do? Or you stop at a light and you, oh, I hope they don't have nothing. I'm afraid. No, you don't have to be afraid. They ought to be afraid of you. The blood of Jesus is around you. 
The power of God's in you. When you speak, it's God coming out of your mouth. The devil's a liar. You've got the right to bind and to loose. Isn't that what Jesus told them? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What, what, is he playing games with us? No. He, he, he's speaking the truth. You know, God, God's letting us know right now that we, he's the equalizer in our life. The devil doesn't have no power over God. Amen? So he's the equalizer. His Holy Spirit is in us. And that's what Jesus said. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. He's going to empower you. He's going to indwell you. He's going to be the Spirit of God in you, the life of God in you. And when that Holy Ghost is there, guess what? The devil is no match for you. Hallelujah. Well, when I got a hold of this, I got excited and I opened the back door and just kicked the devil out. Get out. I don't have to listen to your nonsense anymore. Amen? Don't put up with his lies no more. You're going to always have Job sympathizers to come by. Amen? Y'all know what those are, don't you? Well, you know, Job, I know you're a good man. But I want to tell you something. God's really mad at you, buddy. <laughs> I tell you what, it's, a, it's a, just a wonder you're not dead now. I mean, he was in bad shape. He needed some encouragement. I don't want somebody coming to me that's down and out and down in their spirit, and the devil's got them bogged down in their spirit. I don't want them coming to me. And I said, well, I can't do nothing for you. What do you want me to do? i got battles of my own to fight. Amen? No. I'm going to... I remember one time we were in... Someone had come to visit us. And we'd fellowship with them a while. And they, they left. They was only gone about three minutes. And... And uh, we were just getting ready to relax and just get ready for the next day, you know. And, and all of a sudden, and it was these people again. And they were just sitting there weeping. They said, Brother Clarence, we need you all to pray with us. We need God to intervene. Their marriage was just about to be broken up. Their marriage was about to be destroyed. The devil had come in and lied and done all of these things. And we just brought them right back in. And we just sat there and set them down. And we prayed with them and encouraged them in the Lord. When they left there, they left there with smiles and praising God in the Holy Ghost and praising Him in the Spirit. And left it. And they were still together all these other years. Amen. I went up to Indiana and preached for them. <laughs> Amen. Two or three times. Had great meetings. God was still moving. But you see, what, what happened, what would happen if they come and knock on, uh, brother, we're already in bed. We got a big day tomorrow. We ain't got time to, to deal with this. Uh, just go home, take two aspirins and come back tomorrow. No. We, 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 we dealt with the situation because why? God's put the authority in the church. Are y'all still here tonight? I said, God's, He has put that authority in us to do His will in this earth. 
and in this land. Don't allow the devil to keep what is yours. He said, be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen, I want to tell you something. Did you know this is important? Putting on... We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the kingdoms of this darkness, wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor that you may be able to withstand, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your, uh, girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith which, uh, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Put on the armor. I know people that literally... Get up in the morning and put on this armor. Now, they don't put on an armor, but in the spirit realm, they put on, they put on that breastplate. They gird themselves with the truth. They got the sword of the spirit, the word. They've got the helmet of salvation to protect their mind from all the lies that the devil's going to do to them. And they got that shield of faith, that shield of faith. Now, there's, you know what's interesting about the shield of faith? What's interesting is, the shield of faith, most of the Roman soldiers had that shield, you know. And some of them had the big shield. And they would put it down, and, uh, and it had a point at the end, and they'd put it down and get behind it if they was in a warfare. And to keep them from the arrows or whatever, the spears and arrows coming to them, and the rocks that they had with these. They didn't have machine guns like we got today, but they'd have these big old rock throwers and, and throw those rocks at them, you know. And, but you know what would make it more interesting? When the army would get those shields, and they would put them side by side along the way from in, in front of them, all the way down, and they would latch those shields together... Guess what? You've got a barrier. You've got you a steel wall that the devil can't penetrate and go through. And it's unification and unity together. And they would get down behind that and the enemy could not destroy them or get to them. And then they could get up with their weapons and just take off with the enemy, you know. It's important. We need what we need each other. Amen. Lisa Osteen Combs, Combs is her last name. She was her father's secretary in the church, and she opened all the mail. A few years ago, this happened, but she always had this uh, thing that she did every morning about putting on the armor. That day she went to work, and she'd done all of that, you know. And she looked at a package, and she didn't. She felt funny about it. How many feel? Listen, if you feel funny about something, you need to be cautious. Amen. But she went ahead and pushed it aside, pushed it aside, pushed it. And then finally, she it was the last package, so she opened it up. When she opened it up, a bomb exploded. It utterly destroyed the office. She had to have a, a skin. What they call skin graft on her leg. But the paramedics came in, and these were the words they said. <laughs> they said, I don't know how she survived this, but it looks like 
Somebody just put up a steel shield in front of her. The office was totally demolished. Pictures, you can probably see it online in some of the places. But, I mean, totally demolished. But you know what? She got up that morning and she was a little tired. Didn't know she wanted to put on her armor, you know. But she decided, well, I'll go ahead and go through the ritual. You know, the thing that she does every morning. Put on the helmet, put on the breastplate and all this. And you know what? She's glad she did. Now, that was a spiritual thing she was doing. But I want to tell you something. It's in the spirit realm where the enemy's at. And that's where we've got to protect ourselves in the spirit realm. And we need to be prepared for anything the devil's going to throw our way. Because, listen, we got victory in Jesus' name. The thing that God's wanting us to see tonight... You can take back what the enemy stole. Some of us need to take back our health. Amen? We're going to pray for some people in just a minute. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. I love to give the devil a black eye. I love giving him a black eye. I love it when people receive a miracle and a healing and what God's doing and what God done. God's going to continue. But you've got to get mad enough. Now listen to me. You've got to get mad enough at the devil and take back what he's stealing from you. I've yelled at the devil before. I'd go out in the backyard and I'd just start. I'd say, devil! You can't have it. God gave it. God's doing this. Stacy come out one time. She was about eight or nine. She came out. Daddy, what are you yelling at? I said, don't worry, darling. I'm just yelling at the devil right now. Hey, listen, you could get violent with the devil. There's nothing wrong with getting violent with the devil. There's nothing wrong with raising your voice at the devil. Let him know you mean business. You, you're, you're the one in authority, not him. Let him know that you mean business with him. Say, devil, I'm not going to take what you're doing to me any longer. I'm free in Jesus' name. Amen? The devil is a liar. We can take back what the devil's stolen from us. He may have stolen your health. He may have stolen your finances. He can steal it in different ways. He can steal it through big car repairs. <laughs> he can steal it with big home repairs. He can steal it with... Uh, the devil can steal from you. But the thing is, we've got to get bold enough to say, Devil, you're going to re- I'm going to come in and recover it all in Jesus' name. I believe that. If the thief is caught, he's got to return it sevenfold. And that don't mean seven times. Some people say, well, you know, I, I, I lost a car, it was $10,000, and so seven times would be 70000 No. When you, re, when you know what a fold is, a fold, there's 100 sheep in a fold. So it's not a 100% return, it's a 700% return. When the, when, when the word said he'll re, the thief is caught, he has to return it sevenfold. 
Seven. That's seven. That's, you can't get interest like that anywhere. Amen? God said the devil is the thief, but you've got the right to demand that that thief return it. Some of us have the devil stolen from us. Not a big, big amounts, but you know these amounts here, there, here, there, here, there. For long it just adds up to a big old amount that the devil's stolen from you. Don't even realize. Listen, don't let him get by with it. I'm telling you, God's saying tonight, let's take back what the enemy stole. God has transferred the authority to the church. The church has the authority that Jesus had on this earth. And he's transferred that authority back to us. We have the right to believe him. Amen? Lift your hand and just thank God. Amen for just a moment for the word. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sister Pauline, could you come to the organ for me? Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right, I know the Lord will make a way for me. And I know the Lord's laid His hand on me. Amen. I know the Lord has laid His hand on me. I know the Lord has laid His hand on me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right, I know the Lord has laid His hand on me. Just continue to play that, Sister Pauline. Amen. I'll tell you something. God's aware of where we are tonight. God's aware of what's going on in your body, in your home, in your life, in your finances. God God knows all these things. God's able. 